Many things impact a compliance program, how it runs, and how well it works. But nothing has the same impact as the constantly changing and evolving technology landscape. In ComTech, a podcast on the intersection of technology and compliance, co-hosts Tom Fox and Valerie Charles will help you understand what changes in technology mean for your compliance program. Here's your hosts, Tom and Valerie. Tom Fox back again with Valerie Charles for another episode of ComTech on the intersection of compliance and technology. Today we have with us Jonathan Kellerman, Valerie's new partner at Stone Turn. So Valerie, could you introduce Jonathan for us? Sure. Uh, Jonathan comes to us from in-house where he sat as a chief compliance officer. And before that, uh, he spent a lot of time in the big four. And I'm personally super excited about him coming on board because as we all know, I love data analytics. And he is a guy who also loves data analytics. So excited for you to meet him, Tom, and also for our audience to meet him. Welcome. Thank you, Val, for that great introduction. Tom, thank you for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it. Excited to be here and excited to be part of the Stone Turn team. Jonathan, unlike Valerie and I, and many who have sat in the CCO chair or been involved in compliance, uh, you are not a lawyer. You came up in one of the big four. I was wondering if you could tell us about your work in the big four at PwC. What kind of led you to compliance, leading you to sit in that CCO chair? I spent 20 years at, at PwC, most of which as a partner leading our global practice focused on compliance and risk management and corporate governance across life sciences. Prior to that, focusing on the healthcare provider space as well. You know, part of my story of how I got into compliance was kind of being in the right place at the right time. I was working in our Philadelphia office at what was then Coopers and Library before we became PwC. And that was at the time when compliance in healthcare had just started. Companies like Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, University of Pennsylvania Health System were the first in the healthcare industry to get kind of wrapped in to government investigations and have the requirements for a corporate compliance program. And, you know, the first chief compliance officer, my former boss and CEO at at Allergan, Brent Saunders, was the industry's first chief compliance officer in that space. We were sitting right there and we decided that, you know, this was a great opportunity for us to be able to help our clients actually build out, envision and build out effective compliance programs and help them deal with the operational challenges of maintaining those programs in an effective way and reporting out on the the effectiveness of their compliance programs to their leadership teams, to their boards, interacting with the regulators. So we began working and building out a consulting business that focused on compliance and risk management in healthcare. And a few years into that, we saw the, the winds of change blowing, particularly moving away from healthcare provider into the pharmaceutical and device and life science space. So a few of us kind of broke off and we took the model of what we did very successfully in healthcare and then kind of rebuilt it for the pharmaceutical life science and device space and ultimately built out the industry's leading consulting practice focused on helping those companies, global companies with their most complex compliance challenges and really progressing compliance well beyond your traditional you know, CIA or OIG, you know, model of compliance, where I got to focus on things like data and technology and, you know, leveraging technology to, you know, have a much more productive and value-added compliance program. So what led to moving to the CCO chair? Very simple answer to that. The CEO of Allergan, my my former uh, boss at PwC, Brent Saunders, 
he made me a, uh, an offer I couldn't refuse, essentially. At that time, Allergan was coming together as multiple companies. We were Forest Labs and Allergan and Activists and Watson. And it was a tremendous opportunity for me to come on board as companies were being integrated together and for me to really leverage my unique experiences in 20 years at PwC and to be able to build a global compliance function envisioned for this new company from the bottom up, completely from scratch, take down what we already had, keep the core of what we thought was good and particularly the people that we thought were very talented, but to really be able to envision a new compliance program And he gave me a lot of latitude and a lot of freedom to be able to build a program that I thought was right fit for the company and that embraced new technologies, new ways of using data, and to be much more progressive and innovative in that space. So a really interesting opportunity to be part of something end to end and to envision and and build that out myself. So, you know, really was a, a tremendous offer and opportunity. Plus, I had the chance to sit on the executive leadership team and be highly engaged and involved with our commercial operations, as well as a number of corporate initiatives focused on digital transformation, mergers and acquisitions, and other, you know, other key activities. So just a real tremendous opportunity to use my skills and experience in a different way. Jonathan, there have been a number of FCPA enforcement actions involving pharmaceuticals and life sciences. What were some of the key compliance challenges that you saw when you moved into public companies or the, or the private sector? You know, there's a number of operational challenges when you're talking about anti-bribery and anti-corruption. First and foremost, there are cultural differences that you have to take into account. And they're very important to understand how the cultures within certain countries work and how they impact how people do business, how they interact with each other, both professionally and personally, first and foremost. And, you know, that's a very important first step. The other thing to realize is there are also very, very often there are differences in the technologies and the data quality that exists in different countries. And there are different laws and regulations in each country. The first real challenge is understanding the unique landscape within the country that you are doing either your assessment or conducting your investigation, where you really have to understand these variables and these components and look at a risk profile that is very much specific to that area. It's never a one size fits all. You have to take a very focused, very tailored approach to an investigation within different countries. So thinking a little bit about the work that you did at Allergan as it relates to data, I think a lot of people do recognize that the program at Allergan was sort of cutting edge and I think really new and different. And I think other life sciences companies followed suit. So I'd love to hear about how it was born, you know, your decision to sort of do it in-house rather than working with, you know, like an outside piece of software. I mean, which frankly may not have even been available at that time. But I'd love to hear about how the sort of data analytics platform and process was born for you there. Yes, this was really an idea that I had that I've been cultivating with a number of my partners back in my PwC days about how, how pharmaceutical companies, device companies, life science companies in particular, can really access and utilize the vast amount of data that they have to help them really flip the script from always putting out fires to preventing fires from occurring in the first place. We always looked at it as we have access to this tremendous amount of data. How do we get that data to work for us? So literally on my my first week there, you know, I had a meeting with the executive team, met with members of the board of directors, and I told them that, you know, I had this vision that I was going to 
do something very innovative, very creative, and a little more cutting edge when it came to using data and data analytics to help us be more predictive about risk and to give us more real-time insights into outliers and trends uh, that would help us put our resources best to use to prevent incidences from occurring as opposed to always putting out fires. So this was an idea I had. I was very fortunate to have a, a very smart, very talented team working with me at Allergan. And we did have some outside help kind of guiding us in the infrastructure build. But, you know, I had a vision of how I wanted to build a platform that pulled data from multiple sources across the, the company, sales data, we had financial data, we had medical information data, we had samples data, we had data coming from you know, our hotline, et cetera. We had structured and unstructured data. What we did was we built a platform that pulled all this data into a centralized hub, you know, like a cloud hub, and that allowed us then to run algorithms against that data based upon specific risk indicators that we wanted to focus on. And it allowed us then to really identify both outliers according to our standards, as well as developing trends with respect to risk. And the beauty of it is we could pull the levers that would allow us to look at risk in many different ways. We could look at geographically by product or therapeutic area. We could look at it by program type. We can look at it by individual who is involved with either uh, as a customer or, or a healthcare professional or as one of our own employees. So it, it was a great tool that not only gave us the ability to provide a tremendous amount of real-time insight to the business on how their business was performing vis-a-vis -vis compliance requirements, but also gave them valuable you know, information on how to change things and manage risk proactively as opposed to just reactively. And we spent a good year or so building that platform out and then implementing it across our whole U.S. business. And then we brought it out internationally into China and, and in other high-risk markets as well. You know, I love this. And I think it's so impressive and so cool. And, and I love doing it. You know, we do it with clients. I think it's amazing. But for those, those compliance professionals who might be listening, for whom this is daunting, for whom they haven't played in this before, maybe they have a lot of point solutions sort of dealing with the obvious risk areas, but no way to get the arms around the data you know, on the whole, sort of what's your recommendation of how to, how to get started? I mean, how do you start to sort of eat this elephant? Yes, it's, it's an excellent question. And there is no one size fits all plug and play solution for this. Given the unique nature of each company, the types of you know, their product portfolio, their information systems, the type of data they have, and, you know, their risk tolerance and commitment to doing data analytics, it's going to be different. So we we don't take a plug and play one size fits all. The best way to look at this is try to really understand your data first and foremost. What data do you have access to? What's your risk profile look like? And try to understand what it is that you're trying to develop on the back end in terms of dashboard reporting. What's your objectives first and foremost about being able to look at data? Because some companies still want to look at data more retrospectively and say, okay, we're just going to look at it from an assurance perspective. And, and test transactions. And we can do that in a more automated way and we can use data more efficiently and that's fine. But if you wanna be more predictive about risk and you wanna be more forward looking and have that data give you real-time insights, it's really trying to understand you know, the quality of your data and then thinking through how you would bring all of that data together and what type of risk factors would you wanna apply against that data? And try to keep that framework simple 
right? And then, you know, it's either engage with your internal business technology teams or work with companies like us that have actually have the experience of doing this both in-house and for clients to help you build that platform that pulls that data together, standardizes that data, and then can help you write those algorithms and those dashboards that will be informative about where your risk is and where your resources should be put from a compliance risk management perspective. I mean, I also think one of the ancillary benefits of this is being able to demonstrate the value of the work that we do. I mean, I think because it's beyond reporting, right? It's like too often compliance professionals are noted when the train has come off the track. But I think what this allows you to do is become noted because of the ways that you can show that you've kept the train on the track and that you've prevented those things. I mean, I think it shows really like a like an ROI on on spend and compliance, on headcount, and really personally, this kind of technology, this kind of preventative, affirmative technology elevates our profession, I think, as much or more than anything else. Is that, I mean, do you agree? <laughs> leading question. <laughs> yeah, thanks for leading the witness there, Val. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I, people who know me and particularly my former team at, at Allergan who worked with me know one thing about me that I was very much focused on during my tenure in-house and that was how we could add value back to the business in ways that go beyond your traditional compliance. We built out an operational excellence team in our global compliance function that was truly focused on helping the commercial and medical businesses think through how to do process better, how to be more efficient, how to be more effective in their engagements with various stakeholders, how to be more efficient, how to reduce cycle time in things like MLR reviews. So we focused a lot of time using the data that came out of our compliance monitoring to help them really evaluate the effectiveness of their processed controls systems. And then we actually help them either rebuild them or help them actually fix them or make them more streamlined and effective so that they could have more productive business activities and engagement. So it went beyond just compliance and telling them where their risk was and what controls they needed to have. It went all the way to the end, actually identifying for them opportunities to run their operations more efficiently and effectively and to actually help them do that. And that's another place where my 20 years of experience working as an advisor and consultant really helped me build out that operational excellence team. Awesome. Tom, did you have a question here? I did. You used a phrase uh, a little bit earlier called data quality. And how do you work in an international organization, multinational organization, recognizing there could be multiple ERP systems, multiple other systems that capture the data, to store the data, and to use the data? How can you assure data quality literally across the globe for a company that is truly a multinational? It certainly is a challenge that many companies will face. Having been through the exercise now and having built this internally and working with other clients and helping them envision this, the first and foremost step is making sure you catalog all your different systems and looking at what the data looks like and then coming up with a template for your hub that will allow you to standardize that data. First and foremost, if you can standardize the data that you're bringing in from different systems or different sources, then you're able to significantly increase the data quality and your confidence in the completeness and accuracy of that data. So it's really about creating that template in the hub that allows you to pull data from different systems that may look or feel different, 
but it allows you to standardize it centrally. And by doing so, then you have greater, greater confidence in that data. Well, now I want a shameless plug for our team. Why did you choose to join us here at Stone Turn? Well, obviously you're so awesome and I wanted to work with you. <laughs> no, but seriously, I mean, Val and I think very similarly when it comes to data, use of data and the use of technology. I've been a compliance leader and advisor for over 26 years. I'm very passionate about what I do. I love the work that I do. I love being able to help other compliance professionals be successful at their jobs. It's been core to who I am and, and what I've done over the last quarter century. Well, that sounds old. But <laughs> first and foremost, at this stage in my career, I was in particular looking for an opportunity where I could help leave a mark on the compliance profession going forward, and in particular, help advance the compliance profession into the next kind of generation where we redefine what compliance is in-house and how effective compliance is in terms of not only providing assurance to leadership and to regulators, but also in terms of the value that they add to the business. And Stone Turn has a culture and as a company has a group of amazing partners that are very much entrepreneurial in the way they think. You know, it almost runs like a startup company and it has that entrepreneurial spirit where we are encouraged to be progressive in our thinking and we are encouraged to be innovative in bringing new solutions and new ideas to our clients and we're not stuck in heavy bureaucracy and administration and we can work very progressively and fast to help our clients with these new challenges. But overall, it's a tremendous group of partners who are brilliant and represent many different industries and backgrounds. I felt that I culturally fit very well with them and they created an environment there that's very different from a traditional consulting firm environment where it's very collaborative and very much focused on innovation and progressing the compliance function. And for me, that's a, just a tremendous platform for this stage of my career to be able to help the industry advance compliance to be a much more productive and value-add function. I'm with you. I think the next five years in compliance is going to be probably just completely game-changing. I feel like finally, you know, with the DOJ guidance, with some of the existing leaders, you know, that have now gone out and proven the concept, everybody else says, okay, now we'll spend the money. Now we'll spend the time. And I think the next five years is going to be fascinating. And, and I'm with you. I think we're in the, I think we're in the right spot to be able to actually help and operationalize some of this stuff. I think it's, it's just really exciting. If you, I mean, if you had to sort of crystal ball it, you know, what, what do you think these programs are going to look like? I mean, are, are we going to really get true AI. I know you can't go to a you know, compliance conference without everybody talking about machine learning and AI. I mean, I don't know. I think, I think we might be getting there finally at long last. What do you think? I think AI is a little farther down the road, but that doesn't mean it's not in the future. It absolutely is the future. I think to your point, where I absolutely agree with you is over the next three to seven years, there is a window of opportunity for compliance to redefine itself and its value in the industry. And I think there's going to be two components to that. One is the effective use of data and data analytics to really help change the story about what compliance does. It's not going to be an audit function. It's not going to be a look back function. It's going to provide real-time insights to business, to leadership, to regulators about how we are performing today with respect to our compliance standards and controls and being more predictive about risk is so we're more efficient with the way we're doing compliance. I think that's going to be one critical component. 
The other critical component, I think, is this idea of operational excellence. I think it's compliance has an opportunity right now to use that data to be more informative about how the business is performing with respect to its operations, its controls, its use of technology, and to provide that valuable insight and to also help them better design and implement and maintain process systems and controls in a way that adds a lot of value. And I think that's where compliance is going to evolve to in the near future. And if they can do those two things well, they're going to add a tremendous amount of value into their businesses and really help those businesses achieve their their objectives. And I think that concept of machine learning and AI will then come on the back end of that and really help really launch those type of platforms in the future. So I think that next phase focusing on data analytics, as well as operational excellence, is the next generation of compliance or effective compliance. I'm with you. And I'm super happy that not just to have you on the podcast, but to have you on the team and really looking forward to doing this work together with you. Uh, I'm, I'm super excited as well. Thanks for having me. So Jonathan, we're getting near the end of our time, but I want to see if I could reframe that into Tom speak and see <laughs> if that would, uh, it would also be aligned with what you just said. So I have maintained that effective compliance equates to more efficient business process, which equates to greater profitability. And it seems like you're saying that through the use of data analytics, we can move to a more efficient business process. And if I think compliance should be seen as a business process and we can make it more efficient, it's going to drive a greater profitability. Would that be another way of or a fair assessment of what you've just said? Absolutely. Compliance needs to be more than just about telling people what they're doing right and wrong. If you can help the business run more efficiently, be more streamlined, run more effectively, use their information and data more efficiently, and they can then you know, achieve their business objectives in a faster turnaround time with lower overhead in terms of compliance issues. You know, keep in mind, compliance issues stop business from occurring, right? It, it slows it down. If you get to a point where you're managing risk and not putting out fires all the time, you can run more efficiently, effectively. And yes, this will contribute to growth. This will contribute to revenue growth, as well as to product success in market. So absolutely, I look at compliance as not just a business partner, but really a business enabler as a function that can help the business achieve their strategic goals and their true financial objectives. Jonathan, unfortunately, now we are at the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me. And on behalf of Valerie, we look forward to continuing this conversation. Tom, thank you very much for having me on board. I appreciate it, Val. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was great. Uh, Very excited to be here, part of the Stone Turn team and and looking forward to the great work we're going to do together. Awesome. Thanks so much. Good times ahead.